Hello. Hi, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? You sound really good. Did you do something? Did you change I, something? Something happened. It's different. You sound good. Are you, you, mess, you kind of mess with me right now? No. Wow. What did you change? Huh. One of my follow-up notes is how I'm sorry about how I sound. No, tweak, tweak these, you know, put the, put the glue on, on these knobs. Don't, don't, don't okay. change these things again. It's a few factors. Well, since I clean my office, it's a lot more echoey. Huh. I think the coffee cups were dampening. Uh, so I was cold. I put on a hat, that wool hat I wear that makes me look homeless, and I'm wearing an American Apparel sweatshirt. Um, I moved my mic a little bit so that my face wasn't directly on it. Does that help? It's whatever you did. Okay. Amazing. Fantastic. Dial it in. Lock it is this, down. Is this prepared? Is this prepared? Were you going to say this anyway? No. You're going to fire me, aren't you? No. I can, I can feel it. I can already tell. Is this how it happens? This is how it happens. Your key card doesn't work. And then Johnny, that security guard who's usually so nice. He always nods on Fridays. Nope. Here's your box. Let's go. What do you mean, Johnny? Let's go. Harder reason, Merlin. <laughs> do you have a Johnny? You got, a, you got an enforcer? No. Hmm. You don't need an enforcer. Well, I have you. Because of your practice. I could be your enforcer. I can be really passive aggressive in a way that makes people want to leave the building. Believe me, I know. <laughs> if that makes you feel happy to feel that way, I guess that'll have to be okay for me. <laughs> it's your show. All right. Good week? This is, this is going to be a big week. Going to be. It seems to me, I have here five items of follow-up that are not interesting, but it seems to me you've had a very empirically, categorically big week. Since the last time we talked, the last seven oh, days have been a lot of time. A lot of time spent in front of the computer. <sighs> this is going to be about South by Southwest. You're not going. That, yeah, Syracuse and I are going to come. We're going to do a show together. Um, is that why it's going to be a big week? Because of the South by Southwest? Yeah. Hmm. I got to do more sound dampening. Can you hear the street cleaner? Can you hear that? No. Can you hear the lawn people across the street? No, no. It makes me simpatico to hear noise there. You guys trim your lawn? Uh, I no longer do. That was one of the things that I stopped doing a couple of years ago when uh, I guess my boy was a couple of years old. I, I realized that it was actually make more sense for me to be with them or and or earning money than it is to hire someone to do the yard. Man. I figured you'd be into, I think it's called xeriscaping, where you'd have rocks and, and small succulents. Oh, I would love that. Do you like the word succulent? When you say it. It's easily one of my least favorite words in the entire world. I like when you say it. I think there's probably a couple of ladies that could say it where it would sound good, but it never sounds good when a guy says succulent. Mm. It sounds like something you'd say to a pole dancer. Maybe that's her name, succulent. That'd be a pretty name for a girl. <laughs> I never liked mowing the lawn. You could make good dough from it in Florida, though. Oh, yeah. I, had, I got really some very, very good sound. advice. I'm sorry it's so loud. I'm so sorry it's loud. No, I don't man. hear it. I was going to say, listen, Merlin, I got some very good advice mm. from a person, a friend of mine in Florida who had, for years, had a very successful landscaping, you know, lawn care business, which, which is a nice way of saying they show up and mow, mow lawns. And the advice that they gave me was very simple, and I think this applies very much to you and to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, get in the card. Go ahead. Yeah, write this down. There, they said, do you want to know the secret to a successful lawn care business? And I said, yeah, of course. And they said, just show up. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean? They said, show up on the day and time or even close to the day and time. That you say you were going to show up. If you say you'll be there on Monday morning at nine, show up 
Tuesday afternoon at three and, and, and you're doing better than most lawn companies? Because they have the reputation, perhaps it will earn a reputation for being like slack stony guys who just show up whenever, if yeah. at all. And they if charge at all. you a lot. Yes. It's expensive. People who aren't from Florida may not know. You have to cut, at least where I lived, uh, in, in the hell like West Coast of Florida, no offense, you had in, in like summertime when it rains a lot, you have to cut your lawn like every week. Oh, every week. Yeah, for there, there are people who are saying, oh, how much work is lawn work? You know, you're, here's what you're talking about doing. And this is not for like a big property. You're talking mm-hmm. about um, pushing a mower once a week, every week, the entire lawn. And there are people, what about electric mowers? No. You, 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 gas-powered mowers, the noisy kind, because the St. Augustine grass you have in Florida. Ugh. You can't, you can't cut that with an electric mower. You can't. It'll cut, it'll cut you. You know how sharp that grass <laughs> it's is? bad. You can't lay on that. Ugh. And then it's you like, get it's a, like falling a, into pompous grass. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> then you get a weed whack. You know, the, with the little the trimmer thing. You then you've got to whack. You ever accidentally whack your cord? Yes. And then you've got an edge with the edger. So now we're up to three different tools involved. Then this you got to have a blower. Three hours. This is easily even oh, with a three small hours. Yard. And yes. that, but then you've got to clean up afterwards and beforehand. You got to get everything set up. You got to make sure you got everything's got gas. You got to mix the oil into the gas in a special canister for the edger and the weed whacker. And then afterwards, you, you, you've got a shower. So there's a, this is at least a three-hour to four-hour event that you've got to do every week. And you've got you've to do it in the 100-degree heat and humidity. Horrible. Mm-hmm. And you're, here's the thing. You're competing with old people. You're being evaluated, scrutinized <laughs> by your old neighbors. You know what they paid for that house? $20,000 right. in 1952. And you know what? They're scrutinizing every little blade of yeah. that grass, that extremely sharp grass. Oh, it's awful. And they're just looking at you. And the thing is, they, they don't have another thing in the world to do ex- except, except check out your grass. It's miserable. Now, now Dan, I'm gonna, I think we should come back to this because uh, we've just had a request for this to be the Florida show. But I don't know if we're ever really ready for that. No, I'm not ready for it. Um, you say the secret to a successful lawn care business is showing up. And as we all know, 80% of life is misquoting Woody Allen. And I think that's really true. Showing up is very important. Now, here's what I heard. I don't want to derail this because it's your show, but I heard the secret to a successful lawn care business is to get as many houses in a row as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like that Pixar movie Up, right? If you can get that old (laughs) man to leave his house, if you can make Ed Asner leave his balloon house, you know how much easier it's going to be to mow. So you might actually, you charge $100 a week, $100 a week, $100 a week, can't get this guy, $100 a week. You might actually accept less dough, turns out, from Johnny Holdout because now you know what you can do? You run your mower straight across four yards. Do you know, you know how much, assuming they don't have shrubbery. And old people don't like shrubbery. It's, very, it's a superstitious thing. A lot of people came from Europe in the 30s and 40s, and, and shrubbery were not, 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 not really acceptable. I mean, uh, they're certainly inedible in many cases. Uh, you got to be careful of pyrocantha in particular and all the other uh, invasive exotics. But in the event that you can get past the pyrocantha and the pompous carrot, you could go straight across four yards. Do you know? Do you know how much faster that is? You're not edging. You're not being super careful to not get into the other person's yard. That's what I heard. That's economies of scale. Makes sense. There was a guy that used to do when I lived in uh, in like a 1950s ranch style house. Mm. The, most of the houses on that street were all you know pretty much same time period everything. And there's a guy that had been doing those lawns for probably two or three decades and his name was Fido Fido blue. Hope you, you know, good guy, really good guy. And 
rain or shine, this guy and his crew, he had about 20 guys that would show up. And, and there was so much redundancy with his crew of guys. I never understood this. There'd be a guy with a riding mower, two guys with push mowers, three guys with blowers, a couple other guys with edging, weed whacking. And they were all, but the lawns all looked great. And he pretty much ran the whole neighborhood. And the way you paid him was you would just put some cash or a check just under the mat on the day he would show up. And that's how he would know. And if there was no money, he wouldn't, wouldn't mow the yard. And there was one time we were just getting this torrential rain. It was the worst rain I'd ever seen. And he did not show up. And, mm-hmm. then, and I was like, okay, you know, I totally understand. He's been great all this time. The next morning, I saw this guy walking down the street. No truck, no van, nothing. Just a guy pushing a lawnmower down the middle of the street. And he mowed my yard and he left. <laughs> that sounds like a Miranda July movie. It was so weird. But the, the point was, they, they showed up. And, the, and this guy knew that that was, he's not the one that gave me the advice. But hmm. he knew, you know, because it was raining that afternoon. Like my neighbors, some of my neighbor's yards had been done. But by the time they were getting to my yard, it was raining too much. I couldn't do it. This one guy, not Fido, somebody worked for him. That guy showed up and he mowed. He showed up. He showed up. He showed up. Um, I'm trying really hard to remember if this is something that happened with you. And I don't know, this might be one of those too soon type things. Oh, do you remember? Wasn't that with you? Didn't mm-hmm. you have an incident with your lawn guy? Mm-mm. Wasn't that you? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. You sure that wasn't you? I don't know. What was the incident? Maybe I picked up by the out. cops. Is that you? Oh yeah, that was me. Yeah. Wait, I didn't have an incident soon? with is him. It, no, no, but is it too soon? Cause you didn't want to talk about it on the show. Obviously. I you didn't. Wanna... Well, I didn't want to you know, put him in any jeopardy, but he's incarcerated now. Okay. He's not, you want to, be able to, you want to wait a couple of weeks. Let's wait a couple more weeks to talk about it. All right. Yeah. Whatever you want. It's your show. It's, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you know, you it seems do. like, it seems care. like you, okay. It seems like you're just so excited about your press badge, right? If Are I, you, if I even pick it up, can I make a suggestion? I don't know if this is the kind of thing they have in Austin. Go ahead. Call already. Okay. Thanks. Uh, first time Carter. I think you should get a golf cart. <laughs> Not a big one, but a small one. You know what? Maybe a big rascal. Okay. Something where you could you could have somebody hop on the back, have an extra helmet like Batgirl or something. And it would be so cool if you had a five by five. Well, you know, and technically it would be a conference cart. But, you know, if you had to order it, like call the rental place, like you have to call Abby Rents, you wouldn't call it a conference cart. You call it a golf cart. And then that's going to get you around. You can get, because as you know, as you mentioned on, uh, on uh, a millionaire uh, guy's show, they, they, they screwed everything up at this point. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Syracuse after dark. You talked about this. Everything's a mess at South by West, South by West now, right? It's, it's, it's literally all over the city, like every square inch of the city. You don't know when, when something's going to be. It could be canceled, right? You, you could go to some taco demonstration and you right. show up as John Gruber instead. I, apparently apparently you, that happened, that there were some big names. Yes. And, and what the, you described happened, where Jim, apparently Jim and John, Jim Kudal and, uh, and John Gruber had a what would have been a very well attended thing. Right. But, but it was, uh, I don't know, in some obscure neighborhood, like you had to like, you had to have like motor transit. It's out here by where I live at the local YMCA. (laughs) That's where they had them speaking. And they were surprised that it wasn't well attended. We're going to be in the Alamo room down at the super crackers. Come on over. (laughs) You might want to get a golf cart. (laughs) I'm just saying, Dan, I don't know. You, you put, do you wear a hat when you're outside? You probably need to wear a hat, right? Uh, no, you don't have a cowboy hat at all. I would love to get one, but no, I don't have one. You would look so gay in a cowboy hat. Thanks. Gay, no, in, the, like, gay in, the, just in, in the sense that I would look like a, a homosexual or gay in the way that I don't know non-gay people I'm, use the term gay to refer to 
things. I mean, that I suck. mean, like a black and white Fred Astaire movie where everybody's dancing and happy. <laughs> that that kind. I would look gay. You would look so gay. I would. And you, you know, I'm just saying, putting on the Ritz. And keep it in mind. So would I have do, to wear? Yeah. Con- would I have to wear cowboy boots? You don't as have well? to do anything. You live there now. That place. You own that place now. <laughs> you you have. You have partial ownership of that poor, that poor city. Now, this year, you're all full of beans. You're all excited because you got your little pass. And you're no, gonna go with- no, no, no. I'm probably not going to anything. Yeah, okay. I don't really understand your description of that. That was very confusing to me. But um, I'm just saying, next year might be your year to cross the, the Austin Rubicon, which, by the way, is one of the most poorly named uh, children's soccer teams ever. You're going to cross the Austin Rubicon. It's a plural. Uh, <laughs> And you're going to become the, going to the other side. You're going to become the person who's like, why in the hell are all of these people here talking about the arcade fire mm-hmm. or Bon Iver or whatever? Right. You're going to be that guy. You're going to be that guy and say, you're going to be get off my lawn guy, get off my zero escape lawn guy. <sighs> my neighborhood, they're really big on the pebbles. Do you ever have the, the, the pebble lawns? Like the cereal? Mm, no, no. I think you're thinking of Bam Bam. Bam, bam. Is that, um, so in my neighborhood, now, the, now I'm serious. Now when I said that bit about, I, I told you about roughly where I live, right? Some of the demographics. No, I know of pretty, I pretty much exactly where you live. Okay. Well, you don't know where I live now. But w- when I lived in Florida, I lived in Pasco County. And inside of Pasco County, I lived in Colonial Hills 1 and 2. Um, and, and if memory serves, this is an article. I've said this before. but I, it's Colonial an article. Hills. 3 and 4 was a lot nicer. <laughs> It was no, yeah, well. I love the a, way they name things. Like, I remember no band, one place. No band at point. <laughs> Caliber Bend. You know the rule of thumb in Florida is you name it after whatever you destroyed to build it. Oh. So you go Indian Deer Lake Run. There's no Indians, there's no deer, there's no lakes, and nothing runs. It's an Applebee's. It's an Applebee's. <laughs> it sounds like the Florida right. show to me. Oh, man. I almost had a good topic, but I'll, 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 I'll roll no, Florida. No, I, I don't want, want to do the Florida show. It's your show. It's your show. I never want to do the Florida show. Well, I don't want to go into too much personal detail because it is a truly tragic story about how I, I ended up in Florida. Well, not truly tragic. Mostly I, my mother married a dick. But, but we ended up in Florida and we ended up in Pasco County. And if, I seem to remember reading this in the St. Pete Times. This might be an Oprah memory. But I remember reading that um, Florida, this is before Arizona took over the mantle of the old person state. Florida was the oldest median age state in the U.S. At the time, Pasco County had the oldest median age uh, in Florida, and Colonial Hills 1 and 2, or maybe Elfers writ large, had the oldest median age in all of Pasco County. So that's where I was living when I was 13. Wow. You tell me how you don't pick up D&D in a situation like that. Seriously, It's going to be like, you know, Orange Julius and Playboys, if you can get them. How much D&D did you actually just play by yourself, just making characters in your own in your I own did almost bedroom? everything by myself, Dan. <laughs> Con mucho gusto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Bring an extra towel. You know what I'm saying? Woo! Got to roll, roll for bugbears and stuff. Nice. Oh, man. I, was, I spent a lot of time behind the DM screen. Just, just by myself. Nobody was even trying to, to see what I was throwing, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Median age, 58. You take, you take five people, if you can find them, because they're probably in, they might be in their home dead already, but if you can find five live people near where I live, you line them up by age, the third person is 58 years old. <laughs> and a lot of the services would cater to that. So, you know, the thing that used to be a Shakey's Pizza became a urology clinic. So that's not very fun. But no, so I mostly lived on the West Coast. I lived in, uh, is it okay to do a Florida episode? Do you think people would be interested in that? The last one, I got to say, I got some follow-up. Last episode, I got really good reactions to that episode from people. Let's do one more like that then. A good one? Yeah. Okay, you want to you shelf Florida? 
I don't. Like I dark. do not want to do. I do not want to do a Florida episode. Okay. All right. Well, Ever. Can, we, can, we di- can we diary that? It's too depressing. <sighs> you know what? Let's do. Let's do this. You know how we're going to do the movie thing where we warn people to like listen to the movie. Yeah. Or you know, watch the movie before we before they listen to our program. Yes. I think in the same way we should get a stake in the ground, a stake in the Xeriscape lawn, Josh. That we agree that we're going to do a Florida episode after you after you have your little golf cart incident there in Austin. <laughs> we should have a Florida episode, and we, the thing is, it's going to be something we're going to have to really train. We're gonna we're gonna have to go back to a very sad place. I'm gonna start collecting. All those memories here. Yeah. All those things that broke me down. Catalog. Songs I can't hear on the radio anymore. Smells I can't smell. Hair I can't see. People. People. I think I just became a William Carlos Williams poem. <laughs> All right. We can table that. I think people are going to be bummed. I think the Florida people were probably well, if you sitting, want to on, do it, of, sitting on the edge of their lawn chairs. It's your show. Um, you don't want to talk about the new site. Anyway, I want to congratulate you on the new site. Have you talked much about the new app that you slid in? I did what? Did you talk? I'm sorry. Let me start over. Did you, um, have you talked about the app that you put out? Like you said, you you did like three big things. You put out this big new site, version of the site, which is beautiful. Congratulations. Very, very nicely UX'd. I thought it was very IA'd. Very nice IA'd. Yeah, that was great. And, um, and you got your new program uh, with the baseball guy and you put on an app. I did? An app? Did you know about this? No. Oh. May not be you. Oh my gosh! I think I might. I think I might have a virus or a Trojan horse. I have no app. What uh, app? Microsoft Office. Did you? Didn't you put out Five Live? Isn't that you? It's not out anywhere. Five Live. What do you mean? Never mind. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. What I want to is there an app I should know about that's masquerading as a like an official? Is this the way it's going to be again? This is the way we're doing this again. <sighs> what What app are you talking about? The, 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 the app that plays the streams and with the recording, with plays with the times and stuff. But they're listening to your programs. There's no app out for that yet. How did I get it? I saw it on the site. What site? <gasps> oh. Hmm. Oh, you're talking about the. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the desktop app. <laughs> yes, Dan, I'm talking about the desktop app that All I right. believe is called Five Live. I don't know. I have no. And this is somebody else does this. I just put a link on. it. All right, let's get back to my follow-up. Obviously, right. I've said something. I, I thought it was in the navigation. Oh, it I'm is. Sorry. You know, I see that now. I for, totally forgot I put that in there. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I see it Are there. Are you this productive that at this point you don't realize cool new things you're putting on your okay, site? Okay, so let's, t- let's talk about what this is because this is I've a been fun using thing. It. It's really cool. I came in this morning and Millionaire Guy was playing on my computer. I didn't have to touch anything. This, just is, this is written by somebody external and it's called Across Forward <laughs> Consulting, I guess is the name of the thing. And it is, it's, I, I guess I officially sanctioned it at some point. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a ringing endorsement. It's a that's great, a great app. No, it's a very good app. It runs in a great pull quote. It, I, I it guess costs I, me hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month to support it. And I had to upgrade my streaming servers twice now to support the listeners because even when they're away from their computers, if their computers are on, it, perhaps their work computers have been left on over the weekend. Or whatever. There are people now streaming anytime, anytime we go live, thousands and thousands of computers, whether they're attended or unattended, start playing the stream. It's a very cool app. It's very expensive to fill up the tank on a rocket car. Jesus H. Christ. How are you today, Merlin? How's everything going? Huge week. 
Big week. You excited? You going to the? I'm excited to hear your live coverage from the iPad three event this week. That's oh, I'm going to be there. All right, I'll be, be live uh, live streaming. Well, I've been uh, posting a lot of the rumors and, of course, my own commentary on what I think will happen extremely soon, and you'll find out anyway. But I'll be there. Not, uh, no, I, uh, no, no, I just null. I got nothing. I got nothing on that. That's like, who cares? That's great. That's a, <laughs> there's, a new com- there's a new computer coming out. That'll be fun. Did, hey, did you ever get a wire? What about the show? Did you ever get a show lined up for that? Did you ever uh, get a show? Yeah, you can be on that or you don't care. No, I could go. I, you know, I used to be a pundit. I can be a pundit. All right, maybe, maybe you can. Your segment of that show will be live from from the event. Uh, I can act as, like I'm at the event. Okay. Yeah. Man, I re- you remember your your thing you did for the Steve Jobs? Oh, that was so good. Did I ever publicly come on the show and tell you how great I thought that piece was? Or I talked to the guy about whether he hit Steve Jobs. The I'm one? No, no, no. The the Steve Jobs special that you did. Oh, 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 I phoned that in. I'm sorry. No, it was so good. It was really phoned in. I could it was really good. Yeah. So good. Really I cried weird. when I listened. I don't believe that for a second. Well, I, I cry every you, time I hear your voice. I don't think you have tear ducts. Pod people don't have tear ducts. <laughs> Pod people. Meep, mop, seep, zarp. Where is this location of mall of which you speak? <laughs> I, am I don't like malls. I Why is that such a big deal? Paper products. What? <laughs> Buffer overflow. Nitrates. Ah, you're on nitrates. fire today. Nitrates. I was not told there would be nitrates. <laughs> sleep, Zorp. Ah, oh, you're good. New York Times. <laughs> Is this something with clock? <laughs> Me so popular. Break internet with money feed. <laughs> App. It costs money. Hundreds, hundreds. Paul Krugman. Who he? <laughs> I have no time for things. Oh, God. I have form to tear up. (laughs) (laughs) So you like the new site, huh? Oh, I do. I like it a lot. Good. And so, and so, uh, Bliss is going to go down in the uh, in the annals as one of our great ones, I think. <laughs> uh, and so, so Jaser dropped some code on you to fix your carousel deal, and you're saying, yeah. don't, don't, don't can you believe married. that? Isn't he smart? Did you have to? Did you have to recompile that out of the Pearl Pearl? Of all people, Pearl first Pie? of all, the the mm-hmm. last person in the world that I would ever have suspected to be helpful, <laughs> let alone without solicitation. Uh-huh. Without being asked. He just offered it up. Just, but, and see, even then, he didn't send the message to me. He sent it to the 5 by 5 account, people which... People know better than to contact you, Dan. I guess. We all know not to contact you. That's, we talk about this. It is nice. You send, you send pod person emails, too. I know. I'm the worst. The emailing. Yeah. Terrible. You're fun to talk to on the phone, though. You're full of beans sometimes on the phone. I love that. I like, I like talking. I don't like this electronic communication thing. So you went through an intermediary? What did you send it to Larry Wall first? How'd that no, work? there was somebody somebody on the internet used Twitter to say two five by five account, which is fine. I do read that, not as often. And he uh, he said, while well, the uh the the carousel because I replaced the old carousel because it sucked. And I put a new one on, which is essentially just a like a div tag that scrolled with some styling. And he says it's a little sluggish. I had tried it, and I had thought, well, maybe it's not as fast as you would like it to be, but it still works. And he said, oh, it's a little sluggish. And then Syracuse re- replied to that guy. It was like one CSS parameter. Yeah, thing, one right? little – well, it's one of these 
WebKit very something, poorly something. documented WebKit tweaks that only works on iOS and is not it's not even listed as truly supported. But it, it essentially says do the right thing with a with a div so that now when you you swipe it, it just it, it does what you would think it should do on an iOS device. And he knew so it's about like an, this. It's like an IE thing where we just ignore it if yeah. it didn't need to know it. Yeah, okay. the rest of the world, even regular Safari browsers, don't even do anything. It's only on iOS, and it and it made all the difference in the world. So here's this guy who typically it is you know either either like a in an in an, a best case scenario he's slightly annoyed and completely disinterested in any in a, and here he is helping fixing problems it was great i really appreciated it pod person has loaded humor module <laughs> present line 20 light ribbing to friend <laughs> uh-huh i do not have time to reload that false it's good it's good i like this new one i <laughs> know it doesn't have legs no i was never happy with my impression of you I've never is that happy was it is it truly me that one because you used to do a really good one of me that no, my wife even approved of no my wife really what who did she say it sounded like my wife doesn't like anything funny i try to do uh she i like said her it a lot like greatly you guys would get along so well neither of you listen to our podcast so um, <laughs> new site. I've been I've been grabbing it uh, just just to really really drive your business into the ground. I've been grabbing it with the uh, Audio Hijack Pro. Now the Piezo, 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 Paisan. I have been grabbing it with the Audio Hijack Pro. I, I don't think the Piezo. Have you played with the Piezo, Paizo? No, I haven't yet. That? Gosh, it's awful pretty. It's awful pretty. It is a nice looking app, Rogue That's Amoeba. A, we should talk Rogue Amoeba. They're really good people. I want them to sponsor, so I don't know how much I should say. We ask a lot for sponsorship. It is a really good, really good little app. Nice looking app. Very nice looking. Looks like a little radio from the 50s, 40s. Okay, so quick, quick follow-up. I got just a few things. First of all, I'm sorry about the sound dampening problem. Uh, coffee cups has ruined, ruined everything. It's deafening in here, and I'm really sorry. I'm gonna, I got a sleeping bag here. I'm going to put it over a, a whiteboard, and I think I should be able to get some significant dampening. I apologize. Uh, it's very echoey. Um, second, uh, uh, excuse me. Fourth, uh, why don't I get free stuff like you and groups? Why don't I, why don't I get a new? Lo- oh, I don't get that. Only John got, got that. Nope. Okay. Well, never mind. Moving on. Uh, no, I, I, I could ask the same question. Why don't I get one? They send to one host and not the other. That's telling. That's ridiculous. That's like giving it to Arthur Treacher, but not Merv Griffin. That makes no sense. It's like Costello gets one, but Abbott's sitting there typing on an old, old yucky Bluetooth deal. That's not right. Well, the, the truth is I probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't have used it. I would. I would use the heck out of it. Yeah, I know you would. Do you know, mine is, seriously, I made a crack about this on the internet the other day, but, but mine's like a, like a biohazard. Like if I turned it upside down and smacked it on the, on the, like I gave a little spank on the back, it, it would be like a fingernail man would fall out of there. It'd be moats. You know, it's mostly skin inside of there. Uh, yeah, probably, d- dust is mostly skin. That's true. Dust is mostly skin. I think that's one of my favorite Kansas songs. It's bad, Dan. I mean, even when you get the air, like I have to wear like goggles and stuff. It's really Pro- Protective bad. goggling? Really, truly protective. Not just the stuff you get at the hardware store. Like HIPAA, OSHA grade. Um... People like the Clutter Show. Why don't I get free stuff? What's up with that? Uh, John Gruber, man, he is really, really weird about tabs. Have you ever noticed how much he goes on about tabs? He fought a radar about a tab. A tab, tab widths are too wide, he says. <laughs> well, he's right, as usual, but that guy's really weird. That's all I got. I, I, you know, I had an idea for a topic, but, you know, you know. Well, we're only in a minute, uh, what, 35? 27. Huh. Okay. 
Uh, oh, you're right. 2748. Look at that. Huh. People like last week's show. And, and I got to tell you, it's, um, I, I love the way it turned out. If this is your first time listening, congratulations and welcome to the family. Dan is a pod person and I talk a lot. Uh, we talked about clutter last week. I thought it was a good show. And it got me back to reading that book again, which is really annoying to read as an ebook. There's some books, especially these self-help books where they put a lot of like testimonial kind of like sidebar things. And you like run into a thing with a great background for like 10 pages where somebody's like selling past the clothes on why you should read the book. All right. And they intersperse those, I guess, because they're easy to do and they increase your page count. It's really annoying in, a, in an ebook, though. Um, but that was really nice to hear from people. We've, lots of people have tooted uh, about how that's helped them, which uh, makes me feel really good. Because I feel really good, too. I mean, seriously, like I brought the kid over. We've been playing here like almost every day because now she can come in and, you know, die and stuff. Because you cleaned it up, you mean? Oh, I cleaned the heck out of it. I found a service. You know, when you get the hauling done, there's different, you know. Like when you're, hoard, you're a hoarder and you need someone to come in. Is that what you mean? That's usually the government. There's usually a government truck for that. They send, it's called the government truck. They send it over. Well, what's the guy's name? Vita Blue? What was the name of your lawn guy? Fido Blue. Fido Blue. How do you, how do you spell that? Uh, F-E-D-O-W and then the word Blue. B-L-U-E. O-W. B-L-U. Fido Blue. Hi. Can I ask you a question? I haven't done that in so long. Hi. St. Augustine? Pointy? Wet grass? Dry grass? Zero escape? Hi. You're on fire today, man. Oh, man. I ate a hot dog. I got another hot dog I haven't touched. I haven't touched this one. I haven't even touched it. I think there's no chance in a million years that these guys listen to the show. But um, like most people, certainly. But I swear to God. I had a wholly different experience. You know, I, I, I sent you a thing on the robot saying I was going to go get a wiener before yeah. we talked. Uh-huh. Right? And I went over and got a wiener. And they didn't talk to me at all. It was awesome. They didn't ask for my card. They didn't do the Mookie thing. They didn't do the productive restaurateur voice. Nothing. Have they been listening? Do you think listening? No, I think that would really make me like a deeply insane person to believe that they listen to this program. I've seen the numbers on this show. I, I know that there are at least 10 people that I know that listen to this show. Let me put that differently. Have listened to this show. See, this is when you know that you're deep inside like the, the, the blogosphere bubble is when you start assuming people know who you are. That's a very, very dangerous place to be. And then you start threatening to mention people on your blog. I was at a hotel a few months ago. I was very unhappy with my service. And, and what I will probably remember as the lowest point in my life. I yelled as I ran away from the desk. I yelled, Google me. <laughs> Did they? I doubt it. It didn't fix the bill. Boy, they screwed up big time. <sighs> you see, the bad thing about me is I get mad about stuff like that. The good thing about me is I know that it's silly later on. The bad thing about me is I, I, I make incredibly ridiculous large pronouncements about what I'm going to do to that person to get back at them via things like Yelp and TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. And then the good thing about me is I don't. Do you just, do you, do you, is it laziness that you don't or you feel better? You, like later on, you just start to feel a little bit better. I don't, I've never been in the long run i've never been proud of anger i don't think there's anything i've there are very few things i have been angry about where i felt like i got better as a person or did something useful it's a very disruptive uh emotion and you know as silly as i appear i'm not actually that much of a hothead i get i get really hot-headed about things that involve like potential harm to my family i get really weird fast about that if i think somebody's being lackadaisical um, and I think if somebody, sometimes the, the, there's this part of me that really doesn't like feeling ripped off. 
I'm, you know, like I'm not like customer service guy. I'm not usually like I'm going to leave you a mean Yelp review guy. But there's something about again, we're getting into the service thing. But no, anger has not served me well in life. It, all you do is burn bridges with it. It's a very, it's a very childish uh, emotion, anger. I don't know if that's a good topic. But. It's a great topic. Yeah. Well, I got to th- actually. You know what? I can take it and turn it. I think. I want to tell you about this thing I like called Squarespace. You ever heard of this? Um. This is the thing that they come out. They come out once a week. Check for like chlorine levels. Mm-hmm. Radon. Radon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they come out. They got all, They come out on a government, government track. I'm going to keep it short today. Uh, I just want to tell you that how much we love Squarespace, squarespace.com. Uh, it's a fantastic site to go and uh, create a web presence for yourself. Oh, brother, I went happy good jappy on somebody the other day. I went off. I, I'm so, you know what? This is going to be pretty short, but not super short. Here's the thing, Dan. If somebody wants help with their website, I swear this is true. Ask anybody who's gotten yelled at by me because I'm a very angry person. But people come to you and they're like, oh, we hired a designer and they're making this cool Joomla site. Can you help them migrate that over to this? They don't even use that word. They say, can you put it on the server? And I go, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Like you should have called me for a much, much earlier meeting than this. Have you been in this position? Like obviously you've probably been clean the viruses off somebody's computer guy. Like you go in for Christmas or Hanukkah and you got to like clean all the viruses off somebody's computer. It's just a routine. You, like, just, you just do this you now. Just do it. Do. Yeah. I go, I go, I, I get the latest version of try to take off all the spyware in the ads. I turn off the flash on everybody's cameras and I help them sharpen their scissors. I'm helping everybody, right? Now, in this case, people come to you after, at the point, a lot of people think a website, making a web presence starts with hiring a designer, which is kind of like building a house by starting by picking out wallpaper. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't even know what state you're going to be in yet. You know, and, and so if I'm the plumber in that, in that scenario, like if you come to me, like you're going to get such a nicer bathroom if you let me make all of the really core decisions about like what a toilet is and where it goes. Like <laughs> I know a lot about how to hook up these pipes and I've done it for a long time. You know, you would never go to your plumber and say like, like here, I think the toilet should go in this room and I want the pipes to work like this. And that's how I feel. Cause today when people come to me and they want that help, I send them straight to Squarespace. And the deal, I don't know if you've gotten to this point, Dan, I'm sure you have over your years of being helpful, but I've got a standard deal I offer to people. And for a long time it was, okay, I'll set you up with movable type or I'll set you up with WordPress, right. whatever. If you've got a shared account, I, so basically check these five things. Can, can you get MySQL or uh, MySQL, as John uh, Sarkisa pronounces it? <laughs> right. You know, do you have the basic access? Because it's amazing how many people don't have the access. I can't believe how many people with business sites like have to call a guy with a beard to, to change something. Like, people don't even have this information. So I'll run them through that. Now, today, my basic deal is this. Like, show me where your site is or send me your Word files, and I'll put them up on Squarespace for you, and you'll have a site. No, this is what you need to do. You need to get a site like this. You need to move on with your life. You need to tell your designer that here, here's the IDs and the classes to build around, you know? A lot of those designers, this is not FUD, but a lot of those designers, it starts out designing because they're trying to build a portfolio, which is why so many restaurants, you know, have those awful flash things that don't actually run at all. Squarespace is the place that I take people because it is so easy to use and has all the functionality. You've heard us talk about this. It's because we believe in it. You can have your little internet running here. Um, you can do whatever you want. I mentioned it today because uh, I want to return to that blog importer because uh, I spent some time with that this weekend. And it really is pretty great. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that keeps us from trying different things, I know I'll speak for myself, like I'm very reluctant to, to move to different things if I feel like it's going to be a hassle to move information. They have this thing called the blog importer that just works so well. 
Uh, in particular, they mention, uh, it doesn't really particularly matter, except these are popular, WordPress type, pad, blogger, movable type. If you have that in any format, let's just say you've got a site out there that can be logged into. You enter your credentials. You don't have to export anything. You can enter your credentials for one of these sites, and it'll go and suck all that stuff down. It knows where your uh, top-level URL is, and it f- makes all... I don't know if you've ever done this, Dan. Like, if you don't want to live in a world of 301 errors, like, getting all of your permalinks right the first time is so freaking hard, and this does that for you. It's really, really quite easy to do, and I, I would like you to try it, uh, especially some of you nerds out there. If you ever have to be the IT staff for your family and you want to do more than you know, help them with their hacked Facebook account, this is a great thing to do for somebody is to get them set up with Squarespace. Uh, so then go to squarespace.com uh, slash, you know, why do we always get this wrong? People like us to say different things for different things. Squarespace.com slash back to work, one word. I like that you know, one. That's, that's easy to remember. Did I even tell you what, what, the, uh, what the offer code is for this month, if I told you? I, I'm... You saw it. I sent you an electronic mail. Yeah, I've seen it, but I would like for you to. <laughs> okay. You go to Squarespace. First of all, we've got to mention to people, I mean, there's this totally, Lil Ryan gave us a totally bananas deal for this one. It was, you get, is it, is it 30% for three months? Isn't is that, that right? the new one? I think that's the new one. I want to double check that because that's, that's, that oh, sounds completely too. We can both insane. type really fiercely. March. I want one of those, send us one of those DOS deals. I want one of those. DOS. Oh, the DOS keyboard. DOS, DOS, DOS keyboard, yeah. But they have no, Squarespace hasn't, yeah, I think so. Squarespace has nothing to, to no, do No, but I mean, we're, we're just typing is all I'm saying. Oh, I'm pretty, oh right, right, right. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, 30% for your first three months, which is bananas. Too bad there's no cool code or anything. Too. Yeah, well, there is. Uh, for the month of, uh, we're in now in the month of three, believe it or not, the month of March. When you go to squarespace.com slash back to work and you sign up for your account, you can use the <laughs> offer code, button it up. <laughs> One word, button it up, and you will get 30% off, which is a heck of a deal. Yeah. And like I say, uh, what they're referring to on their homepage here as seamless blog importing, you can give this a spin. Just go try this. I mean, you know what? The thing is, I've had the Rain Man account on this for so long, I'm not even sure what the different levels are. I think not too long ago, they simplified the different levels of accounts. But um, uh, go ahead and give this a spin. It's worthwhile. Um, and man, you will just save so much of your own time if you help people who need this stuff. You know, I... I I don't know how to describe this, but like if you're, there, are, there are sites out there that are really cool and really powerful. I've wrestled with them. If you, if you want to be in the business of updating plugins and stuff, that's cool. But like for my kids' school, like I don't want to set them up with something that I can't document in one page and have it mostly work for the next three years. Yeah. If I have to say, explain to somebody how to go to an FTP site to like update a plugin, I, that's, that's a not nightmare for a regular human being, that's said. No, and like this is this is the part all you nerds who are so sick of hearing about this need to understand is all that stuff where when somebody offers says to you hey can you go help us do this thing for our church or our school or a bingo club or whatever and like as soon as you start saying things like FTP and and like again if they don't know the password to their site and if they don't know whether they have something like Fantastico or cPanel installed if they don't even like know that <laughs> that's a really good red flag. And terrific reason to get them on Squarespace because they will be making stuff and creating content. This is the thing. All the time that they're spending, and I'm sorry, I'm actually dealing with this actively with two different groups right now, trying to explain to them why I don't want to be their IT manager instead of the guy who sets them up on Squarespace. And uh, you should be using that time to build a great site, which you can do so easily once you're in here. So quit screwing around and go do it. Uh, Squarespace.com slash back to work. And we uh, thank Squarespace um, and Lil Ryan. Uh, for their supporting five by five and back to work. Now, Lil Ryan's gonna, is he gonna, you gonna drive him around in the cart there? You got a babysit for that where you can drive him around? I don't know if it's legal to have someone so young on a, like, if they're not in, a, in an actual 
center booster seat, back, seat or whatever. Backward facing, backward facing center backward seat. Backward facing seat. Mm-hmm. But I will get to meet him. That's going to be nice. Yeah. I bet he's handsome. He looks handsome. Yeah. He, he has very architectural looking hair. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So in, talk- uh, you were talking about anger. Mm-hmm. In, in Buddhism, we think of that, it kind of categorize anger and ill will, any kind of feelings of malice, I guess you would say, toward other beings. Mm-hmm. That's one of the five hindrances. It's the second hindrance. Uh, it, aversion in general, which is what anger fits into, is actually one of, uh, I guess you'd call the three poisons. Three unwholesome roots is usually the term that we hear. You guys got a lot of lists. <sighs> Buddhism is a lot of lists, which is why I'm surprised you don't, you know, really like it as much. Uh, because it really, there are a lot of lists. And that's a joke in Buddhism. I mean, people will joke, oh, here are another list. Another, you know, like you've, you've heard of the, uh, the, the, the Four Noble Truths. Mm-hmm. We've, I think we've talked about. Yeah, Four Noble Truths, you've got the Eightfold Path. Right, and so the, the fourth the noble seven, truth, seven special meal deals. the fourth noble truth is the Eightfold Path. There's a list within a list. You just blew my mind. It's a nested, nested. And uh, then the the, eight, the eightfold path is actually made up of three different. It's a threefold di- division of the path. Right. So I mean, and, it just and, list and after list precepts? after list. I keep interrupting you. I apologize. Right. Where, do the, pre- where do the precepts fall in? Uh, the precepts uh, in 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 Buddhism. Well, it depends on if you're talking about. Typically, there are five precepts, um, but in if you are if the, for like the lay people, but if you um, if if you want to like be more a little more strict, then there's eight that you can take, and then if you want to become like a you know like in a monastery, and then you've got ten, and they all build on on top of the the other ones. But the precepts, Buddhism isn't really about rules. It's it, it's not like, oh, I broke a rule and I can't be a Buddhist anymore. It, it's more like these are the trainings that you would want to undertake in order to uh, live a mindful, and they use the term, uh, harmless life. In other words, if, if being harmless sounds like, in to an American, you, harmless sounds kind of like weak or something. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the definition when they say as in Buddhism when they talk about harmless they mean it's somebody that would, does no harm somebody that that if if you're with somebody who is truly practicing and, and and all of that that person would be if they're doing it right they would not be able to or not want to or do everything in their power to not harm you physically emotionally or in any any, any other way so the the training rules the precepts are essentially v- Virtuous practices that uh, you would undertake to live a life on the path. Mm-hmm. Versus like Ten Commandments, which is I command you to not do this and you must not do this. You must not do this. Otherwise, you'll pay a price. Well, in Buddhism, you follow these rules. Uh, you follow these uh, precepts and, and you'll pay less of a karmic price than you would if, if you didn't. Getting a discount. You're going to hear them? Pay wholesale. And there's not, not a bit of neighbor's ass in any of that. Not, not a single list. Not, well, the third one, maybe. That's the covetousness? 
The first one is that you abstain from killing, is abstain from taking a life. And, and people You're would say... You're hijacking the anger episode, aren't you? Well, no, this because this all leads into it. Okay. But if you want to just talk about anger, we can go it's back. Your show. No, no, it's we, your show. Well, let's go back to it. Oh, no, tell me more of these lists. No, I'm going to talk about aversion now. Do you think they're in a specific order for a specific reason? Yes. They kind of are, right? I mean, yes. I'm pretty sure the Four Noble Truths are... Obviously, they feed very heavily. They're something almost... Not a syllogism exactly, but... They, they like, okay, before you know number three, it's really important you know number two, right? I mean, yeah, they, they, did, they definitely, you need, they, the four noble truths are in a, in a specific order, yes. They and the Eightfold be. Path, same deal? Uh, yeah, because the way that the Eightfold Path breaks down, uh, and, and when you, there are lots of little charts, and, and usually it's depicted on a wheel and other things, but that's like, there's wisdom, there's ethical conduct, there's concentration, and those are the Mm-hmm. the separate things and and it's not like you do one and then you get the next one and then you get the next one but they they sort of work together into three basic divisions wisdom ethical conduct and concentration mm-hmm. right view right intention right speech right action right livelihood right effort right mindfulness right concentration i usually get the last two mixed up but you can't concentrate if you're not mindful so that's a trick. Mm-hmm. And they're hard. It's hard to do them all. <laughs> it is hard to do them all. It's hard to do them all. Especially right speech. Well, especially when you're a podcaster. Exactly. Yeah. But it's possible. Hmm. I shouldn't call people sluts. That's one thing. That would be something to keep in mind. Yeah. I don't want to talk about politics. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is a Rush Limbaugh reference. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, well, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to make this about me and uh, Hotel three Club. poisons. Yeah, three unwholesome roots. I don't even know what show this is anymore, Dan. I'm so confused at this point. What are we talking about? We used to talk about Buddhism all the time. I think it's you know scared a lot of people into listening. Um, yeah. Well, hmm. My uh, my daughter and I uh, watch a lot of Star Wars. We're big. We play Star Wars. We we do a lot of Star Wars. Yeah. And sh- uh, I was watching the Phantom Editors um, version of uh, Episode Two, which is called what is it called? Attack? Is it? Let's see. So the first one is the Phantom Edit, and the second one is I think it's Attack of the Phantom or something like that. But, you know, it's really confusing all the different <laughs> names. You know, right. like originally, did you ever read what the original name of Episode Four was? The, what like what it what it started shooting with the original name? I don't I don't know. It's what pretty it good. Well, you know the name the name changed a lot. That like you know kind of right before right before you know it became Star Wars. It was the Star Wars and stuff like that, right? Hmm. No, I don't. Off. I don't know anything about that. I just went oh, and okay. saw the movie. I'll find it for you in a second. Okay. Well, like for example, there's a lot of attacking. There's a lot of clones. There's a lot of returns and revenges. And like for a time. Um, for a time, for a pretty long time, I think, when they're working on, um, they're referring it to as like Revenge of the Jedi, for example, for a long time. Um, and so we were talking about revenge. And she asked me what revenge was. And I was, you know, I, I try to like uh, give, I try not to overthink that and say it like, like I'm goofy. You mm. know, I think, revenge is the bad thing with, you know, I, like it's really hard when you're explaining things to a kid, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sound like a doofus and try to over explain it. You want to give them whatever version of it is going to be, uh, what your understanding of it really is, hopefully without value, but then, you know what I mean, you don't want to do too much. You know what I mean? Did you ever, you don't, 
Like you talk to your kid about death at breakfast all the time, so that's not a big deal for you. Well, I don't. I don't try to soften any reality. I mean, he, he, why would I hide the fact of death or impermanence or whatever? I mean, I tell him tell him yeah. about that stuff. It's not like it's not like a it's a downer to live here or anything. But I mean, I'm not gonna like you know we see something dead. He's like, what is it? Oh, that's a dead whatever. He knows what it is. I don't think he grasps it the way that an older kid might. But I'm not. I'm not trying to protect him from the concept of death the way that most people in that I know right. in, in Western society do. Just, so you consider that like kind of like almost like a distortion. Well, yeah. I mean, in so many other cultures, so many other cultures, especially Eastern cultures, death is something that, that people are not quite as shielded from. I'm not saying that they don't shield them from it in general, but it's, it's less so than it is here. And it, it just seems it seems really weird and really wrong. Like, you know, if you're, if it's not like it's a great topic and it's something you want to like bring up all the time, but I'm not going to, I'm going to be frank with him. If he, if he asks a question about it, I'm going to explain to him what it is or why it happens or whatever. And and he's not affected by it. And I'm not saying that I'm trying to like prepare him for the realities of life. I'm just saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, pretend something's not like i remember when i was a kid like you'd see an animal on the side of the road like mom what happened to that cat oh it's probably just sleeping there you know like well why was it all red oh i maybe it got into some paint you know i mean who knows what they would tell you and i'm just gonna no it's a cat It, it died a car hit it it died my son has yet to cry or react to any of those things because of that he would say oh you know why or like like he'll ask about food and he'll he'll say well, where does the hamburger come from? I'll say it comes from a cow. He'll be like, how does a cow give it to us? I said, well, the cow doesn't give it to us. He'll say the cow's dead, right? So yeah. He says, well, we only eat the dead cows, right? We don't eat the live cows. I said, no, they're they're dead when we eat them. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, and I want him to I want him to get a, a concept of of that, and I, it's not because I want to, you know him to become aware of it too soon or I'm not being insensitive about it, right. but I, I want him to have at least a conceptual understanding of what's going on um, because things are impermanent because things, the, the less, the less that I teach him that things are going to stay a certain way, the better he'll be able to adapt in, in, in ways that many people, myself included are, are not, or were not able to, for most of their life. If, if you grow up thinking that things are going to stay a certain way or that you can make things be a certain way, the, the more disappointed and frustrated and depressed you'll probably be. If you're, if you're clinging to things that are, um, that are impermanent and you're using impermanent things to try and create something for yourself, you're, you're, you'll fail every time. Well, that's kind of the essence of Buddhism, isn't it? So, I, I mean, I guess that's what I'm teaching him is that, you know, things change and things go away and things will not always be like this. And I, I don't sit around and talk to him like this about it. But, you know, when he asks, like, where something comes from or if it's dead, and yeah, it's dead. Mm-hmm. He's old enough for that. Mm, yeah. Are you? Are well, you? Well, I think it's. I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Like what? Tell me. But this would take us to like our fifth topic of the show. But okay. I, 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 no, I think it's, I think it's way more complicated than that. But, uh, the adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the journal of the wills, <laughs> colon, wait, I'm sorry, saga one, star Wars. 
Saga One Star Wars: The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. That was Starkiller. He was originally called Anakin, A N N I K I N, Starkiller. Yeah, yeah, Starkiller. You know, if you're, if you are like me, a connoisseur of Han, every almost everything Han Solo says in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> like the thing is, you've seen Star Wars and you've seen it enough times that it's you've probably got a little bit brain dead. But I want you to actually imagine being. Especially Han Solo, or especially being uh, Harrison Ford, being Peter Cushing, like the things that Peter Cushing has to say. Apparently, he was completely baffled by what was going on the whole time. You know, they didn't have huge with him and Alec Guinness. They didn't have a lot of time on set for them, and so Peter Cushing had to. You know, he worked in a lot of great stuff about the one swift stroke and like all this great stuff. But like, he was completely baffled about what was. <laughs> you would never know it. He was great. Oh, he's fantastic, and you know, he was very. Um, uh, he was very self-conscious about odor. He was always worried that he might have bad breath. And so he, would, like, he brushed his teeth constantly and like doused himself in lavender. Carrie Fisher said, like, you know, she had to sit there and said, I you know, thought I sm- smelled your foul stench. Like right after she met him and knew that he was very sensitive about it. <laughs> it's a very slender man. Yeah, handsome man. Yeah, I think that's complicated. She asked me what revenge was, though, and I was, I was like I say, trying to uh, figure out how to say that. And, and what I said was uh, something like, I don't remember, I said something like, you know, revenge is when we feel like uh, somebody has done something bad to us and that we have to even it up, even the score by doing something bad or worse to them. You know, and uh, I mean, it wasn't one of those particularly interesting or acute or clever conversations, but one uh, instructive thing about having a kid is... Uh, I guess in a way that I find more challenging than you is, is trying to figure, you have to think about the essential nature of what something is and remove all of your own little uh, keloids and footnotes and asterisks about what a noun means. And explaining that to a kid can be really hard. Yeah. Um, or explaining something to any, like, you know, who was it? Uh, Kurt Vonnegut says anybody who can't explain what they do for a living to a 10 year old is a charlatan. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. Um, That's great. It's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's really true. Um, but, you know, and what I said to her was, I, you know, like you care, but like we're sitting there and we were watching um, the, uh, the Star Wars and talking about revenge. And, and, you know, and I talked to Gruber about this in deciding whether to watch Clone Wars. I was like, oh, you know, we don't want to have another franchise. And he, he had said that he thought the Anakin of Clone Wars is way more interesting than the Anakin in the movies in some ways. And I, I agree. I, you know, I, I, the thing that's interesting about Anakin, I'm actually going somewhere like this. I think it's so interesting about Anakin um, and you would appreciate this by uh, doing the machete order for watching these. I wish I could do everything over and go back through and go uh, four, five, two, three, six. Because if you watched them four, five, two, three, six, like it's a much better order for understanding the importance of Luke Skywalker and how close his he got to the dark side, right? And like when we sit there and talk about revenge, I mean, this is where Star Wars to me becomes more than just this, you know, fun space opera thing. Is that it? It really is a lot about how anger and fear, and maybe not so much anxiety, but how things like anger and fear, we try to address those real-world problems of anger and fear in these really kind of silly and backwards ways, you know? And we actually end up talking about this a lot, about why, sorry, spoiler alert, (laughs) about why things turned out the way they did for Anakin. And, you know, he did it for what seems like the right reasons, but he never would have been that tempted to do something that goony and to trust somebody as creepy as Palpatine if he hadn't already dipped into that side before. Which is just a way of saying, setting aside all the Buddhas and setting aside all the Star Wars, you know, as, as you allowed some of those negative emotions to 
cloud your cognition and your decision making, uh, you can come up with a lot of really good reasons for some incredibly bananas behavior like things like revenge. And so what I was trying to say to her, and I don't know if I put this well, but what I said was, you know, I, I feel like I used to be that way. I used to be somebody who would feel really aggrieved. Mm. And then like I had to even it up. And well, I mean, setting aside that you never really can even that stuff up or setting aside that it really debases you to think that that's who you need to be. Um, I was thinking though about how, you know, there's so much stuff that happens in the world that has so little to do with you. You know, it's easy enough to see everything that happens in the world as, as, as affecting you. Um, you know, something you should be angry about, something you should, you know, have a voice about. And I think stuff like anger and, and in that case, revenge are our way of trying to square ourselves about our lack of importance in the universe. Like you made me feel a certain way and now I have to go hit back. Right. And it's tough to not do that. It's almost impossible to not do that. Yeah. And you know, we were also, we have like, just as a coincidence, we were also talking about like our heartbeat and like, she's like, she's been running a lot so that she can feel her heartbeat. <laughs> and we we're talking about like how, like I was in my, in my parlance, uh, you know, that's having your heartbeat really fast is great if you're trying to run away from a bear. <laughs> um, but it's not so great if you're thinking about your email or having to talk to somebody, have a phone call you don't want to have with somebody, you know, I, we're, you know, I, I'm not a neurologist or a, you know, um, any kind of a physiology guy, but I mean, we've evolved a certain way to have certain reactions. Things like fear have a role in what we do. And things like anger, I have to guess, do have a role in our survival? It's just that in a way you've talked about, I think quite well in the past, they don't have the role we think they do. Like, like you say, like we're, we're made to be in these animals who are meant to be in these certain kinds of environments that are very unnatural by the way that we live today. So I'm not sure what the role of anger should be, I mean, I think part of the being a, I don't know if it's just being an American even today, but part of being a person today is thinking that if I have anger about something, I should try and channel it into something. But, you know, I think one way you, you can really screw a good person up is to make them feel like their anger uh, should be preserved and that their anger should maybe even be inflated mm. or that their anger should be um, appended. And that's why it's, it's easy enough to cater to people in a political environment by taking the anger and righteousness and sense of I haven't gotten mine in whatever way. And you could be rich or poor or whatever, feel that way. You know, it's not a class thing. Everybody right. feels like they haven't gotten theirs. It's why, like we joked before, you can do a cold reading of somebody as a medium and say, oh, sometimes you're outgoing at parties and sometimes you keep to yourself. But a lot of the time you wonder why you haven't gotten what you deserve. Well, everybody thinks that, right? And everybody's got something that they're mad about or something that they're aggrieved about. But the the question I find myself asking, and why am I saying this? Because I'm looking back on all the times, like all the times I've gotten really angry about something. Well, what do I do? Do I double down on that? Or do I just suck it up and go, that was a really stupid emotion? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like that was a really stupid venal thing that made me smaller rather than bigger. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's the problem with anger. And that's, that's the problem that Anakin faced. <laughs> was thinking that he not only deserved that anger, but that, that that anger would take him to some place where the solution to a very important problem in his life was, was to get angrier. You know? Yeah, his solution was to, to go, get more angry and stay angry. Well, I'm going to mention this because I've been wanting to mention this, but I... I Okay, so if this is way off track and we're getting really late, you can tell me to stop. But I think this is kind of interesting. I've had this weird confluence of three things I wanted to talk about on here, and this is as good a point as any to bring it up. Um, 
uh, I think almost on the same day, Marco posted something on his site. Um, you might remember if you read Marco.org, he posted a really funny and interesting post on right things versus pragmatic things. Mm. And uh, he was making a larger, actually making a specific point about something, but in, in so doing, he was explaining how the place he used to work, the bathroom was laid out really poorly. And so uh, he's got a hilarious, wonderful drawing. We'll put this in show notes. But if you look for, uh, you know, just search on Marco for, I'll put, put in the robot for you. Okay. But he describes how this bathroom um, at his office was really poorly made and in such a way that, you know, people sometimes, I got to admit, I don't love touching the handle after I've washed my hands. Yeah. But if you walk over with a paper towel to do that, there's nowhere to put the, the towel. So, right, so here, here's the problem. The here's, here's what the problem, yes, the problem is this. The, people go into the bathroom, they wash their hands and they know, they know that this bathroom is filthy and they don't want to touch anything. So they grab one of the paper towels and then they, they don't, cause they don't want to touch the handle of the door. Everybody knows the handle of the door of a bathroom is like the least clean thing on, on the planet. And so that they, they use this paper towel to touch the handle and then they need to discard the paper towel because the paper towel is now contaminated. <laughs> it's now beyond filthy. So what are you going to do with the paper towel? You can't walk back to the trash where you, which is usually, you know how they have that paper towel dispenser In this case, slash on the totally opposite right. wall. You can't get back the there is. and through the door be, you just need another paper towel. So you'd be in there all day. You're not going to, you know, put some in. So what do you do? What do you do? You drop the paper towel right by the door and walk out. Now, Marco clearly doesn't have any OCD about this at all because the way he described it, 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 either he was denying that he ever did it or, as I believe, he just didn't occur to him he would touch the handle. So, <laughs> which, which, in our, which for you and me means he's just not thinking about it enough. Right. He is not, he's not like aware of it. He doesn't understand. You wait a couple months. In a couple months, I bet he's going to be uh, doing the paper towel. Yeah. First time his kid has a fever, he'll be come Howard Hughes in an afternoon. And... <laughs> If they, now, what was interesting was, so their solution to this, this is where you're going, is they, the, the people of the bathroom, somebody put up, a, got, who got tired of cleaning up the paper towels, put up a little out, sign. Broke out the Times New Roman. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's always Times New Roman. Times New Roman sign that says, uh, oh, yeah, here's, you've got, you've got the link right here. Uh, Times New Roman sign that Marco took a picture of, and it, it it is it is a taped sign up and it says please discard paper towels into waste basket thank you for your cooperation management because the attitude there is you obviously don't know you're supposed to throw these paper towels away stop being so you know crazy and throwing them on the floor but what those people should have just done and, and what i've seen in in restaurants that where they obviously encounter this they put a trash can right by the door that's user. That's good user experience. Yeah. So you open the door, and in one motion, you're opening the door and dropping the the thing right into the trash can. You walk right out. You know what's the worst is when ah oh, this is even beyond just to go a little bit in this direction, is when they have those things. They're not even paper towels. It's some kind of weird roll of like cloth Ugh. that. Think how old those things oh, are. Even if they've on. only been, and what do they do? They throw them in like a washing machine. I don't. That's. I don't think they ever do that. I think it dries think itself off. How many in people it. have grabbed those edges over the oh years? Oh my gosh! Ugh, horrible. I think all they do is turn those things around. I don't think they take them out. I think they just expect that by the time they're to the beginning, they flip the thing around, it pre-rolls itself back up. Oh God! 
Do you think maybe? Oh, there's probably just like a little, like a little squeegee in there. It just goes and yeah. rolls around. And I around. wouldn't even. I wouldn't even use. I wouldn't touch one of those things. I think I need to lay down. So anyway, so anyway, the point though, he's making a larger point here. But but that got me. What's funny is this. He posted this around the same time that uh, Paul Kafasis uh, had a link to a wonderful piece on uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, that's just how my brain works. But, but I saw that, I saw this, his one, uh, Marco's funny post, and it's very funny drawings. I think he went to the same art school I did. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, Mr. Rogers, and there's this wonderful Mr. Rogers piece. We'll put all this in show notes. I'm on This American Life a few years ago called Neighbors. And, and, and it got me thinking again about really anger. Anger and effectiveness would be one way to put it. I just sent you a link to PassiveAggressiveNotes.com, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it's just PassiveAggressive Notes that people have left. I have said this before. I am obsessed with PassiveAggressive Notes that people leave. I think they're hilarious. I have left them. And Dan, I'm going to send you a link right now to what is, for myself, my all-time favorite PassiveAggressive Note. And uh, Dan is now looking at... Did you get it? Yep. Opening it right now. Okay. Slow to open. <laughs> 75 piles. Yep. Um, so there's, imagine there's a, there's a fence, like a, like a chain link fence. This is the fence around a park near, <laughs> at a, near where I live. Right. And it says in, it's not even Comic Sans. It's like... Uh, Worse oh than... Gosh. It's, it's, it's not like even. Comic Sans, but even wackier. <laughs> and it says, and it's, it looks, it's drawn with like, like basic, you know, rectangles and ovoids. And it says dog poop count. And uh, just to be clear here, the way that this has been structured, there's a big blank area here where they're clearly planning to use this more than once. It says dog poop count. Uh, and in this case, it's been filled in with 75 piles, exclamation mark. Below that, in this ovoid thing that obviously will be updated whenever they update their count, it says January 3rd. A handwritten arrow says one block, exclamation mark, and then pick it up, exclamation mark. And you'll see this and appreciate the, the design of this. I think it's probably a Paul Rand. Um, there's so much, so much to talk about here. And you have to see it to really appreciate it. So go to show notes, uh, Dan, show notes for this uh, episode. Yeah, the show notes are going to be at 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 57. You don't want to thank anybody for that. We don't on this show. Okay. Here's why I love this. Um, and again, I apologize if you're not looking at this. It's on a fence. Now, what you need to know is that this sign, multiple copies of this. Let's talk specifics. First of all, this is something that somebody made with an intention of doing it more than once. The fact that they had the square, right? They made, I don't know how they did this, but clearly they had a little empty spot there that they planned to go in and put in 75 piles. Okay. Let's take a step back. Somebody counted how many piles of dog poop there were in the park. Somebody went around and counted them. They like counted them or they counted them while they were cleaning them up? Oh, please. I, I really, possibly, but I really doubt it. Well, first of all, let me stipulate. There's a lot of dog crap in this area and it's really gross. I personally really despise how, you know, I, I, you know, it's just so much poop in San Francisco on every level. It's really everywhere. And especially in parks because it's a dog city. God bless you guys, but you're animals, literally. Jackals. And they just, their dogs just poop everywhere. There's poop everywhere. And it's true. This person who shares my displeasure with that. I don't disagree with the fact that it sucks that there's dog poop everywhere, but this was their approach. Their approach was go out and count the dog poop piles. Make this sign. Now, Dan, I don't know if there's another thing you noticed. Understand these are staggered about every 20 feet apart all the way around this big reservoir. Yeah. Uh, they also put it in a, like a little laminated envelope so it would be water resistant. Did you notice that? 
it looks like they've gone to great lengths not only to create it, but yeah. to preserve it, keep it safe from the elements, mm-hmm. hang it properly. They put they put hole punches in there so that they would could take tiny wires. You see those little wound wires? They took the time to wind little wires so that this would be attached to this fence. Yeah. They counted dog poop. They made a form. They filled it in. They put it in here. Why, why am I going through this? Well, I, you know what? I hate dog poop. Probably even more than the next person. Hmm. But this just, to me, there's something about this. Why did this person do this? This person took what I would estimate to be at least two hours. If you think about all the time between uh, counting the dog poop and making the signs and putting them up, there's no way that took less than two hours to do. And they did it because they were mad. Yes. They were really, really mad. We're going to communicate this so clearly nobody will ever do this to us again. That's right. And, and, and whether you were the person, and let me just point out on Marco's post, I don't think you have to be management to sign something the management. I don't think there's a checksum on that. I don't think there's any kind of, I don't think anybody's calling to verify that. It's very powerful to write the management on something. And I, I don't think, as far as I know, I mean, anybody who has Times New Roman can say they're the management and there's no way we can check, <laughs> especially if it's in all caps, because that's the way you know it's the management. Right. Um, and, and, but they stem from the same thing. All those passive aggressive notes on the very hilarious passive notes.com. You notice how many of those are things like a shared resource. Hey, if you're going to poop on the floor in the bathroom, could you please clean it up? Um, don't eat my food in the refrigerator. Most of the passive aggressive notes, if you think about passive aggressive notes writ large, they are usually about some tragedy of the commons. It's about something where somebody perceives that a shared resource is being abused mm-hmm. or not being treated with respect, right? Nobody leaves passive aggressive notes about how they wish people were messier. It's somebody saying that, that you, this is our area, this is my area, right? Please don't burn popcorn here. Please don't smoke near the door. Uh, you know, don't, stop eating my tomato salad or whatever. They come from a place of anger. Yeah. And, and why do I say that? Because I don't think the dog poop count was calculated in terms of likely effectiveness. I think this is a really tightly wound person that got extremely angry and hasn't really thought through the effect of putting up this sign. All of the work that went into this, all of the dog poop counting, all of the printing. And this is color printing. When you say, Dan, I mean, this looks like this yeah. probably took some serious inkjet. Yeah. yeah, yeah let is... alone the font licensing and the Sharpie to make the one lock. <laughs> right. Now, now, here's the thing. I, I don't want to go too far on this because I know people don't like poop. But think about this. Who's going to see this sign? Well, uh, I'm going to see this sign. Right? So as somebody who goes there with my kid or by myself, I used to go up there and ride a lot. And uh, I, I would just see it and I would just laugh. Like, I don't have a dog. I don't have any control over the dog poop problem. But there are going to be a lot of people who see that sign and have no relationship to it. They don't live there. They don't have a dog. It, but it just looks stupid. Like, whoever put that up looks like an idiot now. To people who don't have any concern about that. I mean, I would love for there not to be dog poop, but I, I don't think putting up twice that many signs would make it better. I don't think pointing out that there were 95 rather than 75 piles. I don't think pointing out that it was half a block. I don't think any of that figures in people's decision-making about Mm -hmm. dog poop. Right. So let's be honest. The people whose dogs are creating this, do you think they saw this sign and saw the error of their ways? I bet they laughed even harder than I did (laughs) because they know what their dog is doing. There's something in their view of the world where that's okay. The person who's throwing those paper towels on the floor doesn't think they're a bad person. They're not going to see some sign and go, oh my gosh, I made the management mad, so now I'm not going to throw stuff on the floor anymore. Like, since when has that ever been a solution? And, but it comes from a place of anger. And it makes us ineffective. 
Because this sign that we're looking at here, all of these signs, they are so not about actually improving a situation. They're not about persuading somebody. They're not about trying to really change anything. They're about this kind of self-righteous anger that we need to telegraph to other people. And it makes us really ineffective. And in a place like an office, I think it's really harmful to culture. Um, I don't know. I just want to talk about that. I think it's huge. I mean, anger is one thing. The anger that we sit around with and feel sad about is a bad thing. But whether it's a blog comment or a, or a sign or, or, or a yelling thing, like what is, what is this going to change? You know, what is all that anger going to do except make the people who are offending in the way you don't like dig in further? I went through this with my friends a few years ago during the elections and I'm going through it again right now. Everybody's mad about politics. Everybody's mad about politics and how people on the other side just don't get it. Don't they understand? And so what do you do? You keep pushing out the blog posts. You keep pushing out all of the invective. You keep, you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Because you, why? Because you want these other people to see the error of their ways. That's what it means really, right? Yeah. You're so sure of what you believe or what you You're know. You're trying to help them through educating them into seeing it your way. Right. And so the question that I like to ask the folks who are pushing out all of that, if you like content, is how many times in the last month did you change your mind because somebody yelled at you? When's the last time you were persuaded by somebody with a bullhorn? When's the last time somebody told you how stupid you are and it made you think twice? Because I don't think that happens. Now, it's one thing to rally the troops around something that you think is a cause, but I don't think anybody smart gets persuaded by being yelled at. And even if these are smart people with their dogs out here, I mean, they may get a laugh out of this, but I have to wonder, all you're really doing is creating more of these barriers. You're creating a sense of I and thou, this, this sense of otherness. Mm -hmm. And the more you try and yell down somebody because their view of the world doesn't comport with yours, the less likely you are to ever find any kind of agreement. And, and that's what makes me think about Mr. Rogers. Um, in that wonderful This American Life piece and in this other piece, which we'll, again, we'll put in show notes, it was in the um, Pittsburgh in words. Really wonderful. I mean, I... I Teared up several times reading it. The thing you get, and I'm sorry to make this sound really silly, like, oh, Mr. Rogers, this really obvious reference. But what's amazing is the, the, the second thing that's amazing about Mr. Rogers is you, is you really do get a sense of like how much the things that you would perceive to be his values really do matter to him. Yeah. Being, being very humble and uh, being very interested in, you know, being a good neighbor. But you know what I really got from that article that was cool was how strong a man Fred Rogers was. He was not a <laughs> Mr. Rogers was not a, he was incredibly, he was, he was persuasive. When a kid was, when, when somebody was yelling and screaming about something, he didn't just smile and walk away. He stayed there Yeah. and he asked people to do things. You know, he went and he met with this, uh, with the, you know, a pretty sick kid. And he said to the kid, I'd like you to pray for me. He didn't say, I want to sit here and pray for you. He said, I want you to pray for me. And the interviewer said, oh, that was really smart. That was really cool the way you got him. He says, no, I'm, I need him to pray for me. Like, that's the kind of man this guy was. So um, we're running really long. But the part about this, the, I'm sorry to rant, but like what, what, I, what, I, what, what struck me in all of this seemingly crazily unrelated stuff is that that anger never really gets us very far. All right. it does is stoke our own anger. Like we're just basically buying more gasoline for our own fire and then like wondering why everybody else doesn't want to come stand near us. It's baffling. And so we do these things with these, that are very like these outward, very venting things with all of that anger, the hostility and that sense of otherness. Instead of being really strong and brave, 
in the case of that wonderful This American Life piece, called, it was called Neighbors, you know, uh, this, this guy who'd met Mr. Rogers as, an, uh, as a kid went back to him to ask him to kind of adjudicate a problem with neighbors. <laughs> and, and what Fred Rogers says that I thought was so wonderful, uh, I mean, just quoting from memory here, is that it was about a noise issue in this case. And he says, you know, once we get to know our neighbors, once we get to know them more, we start to understand more about, about why they do or don't do the things that they do or don't do. They stop seeming like these really foreign people. We've talked about this before in other yeah. episodes. But I think there's really something to that. I think there's something to the idea that our anger blinds us to the bigness of the world. And our anger blinds us to the possible intelligence of people that we've decided just don't get it. Um, I, I'm certainly not a paragon of this, but it, it, I really strive for that. And actually, after hearing that Mr. Rogers thing, it makes me, makes me more than ever like want to not be somebody who's, who's doing that kind of stuff. Not because I'm whatever, a Buddhist, or not because I'm a father, but just because I would like to be a decent human being. And on a selfish level, I'd like to be an effective human being, right? And if you don't take into account why other people would do what they do, you're never going to get anywhere. So my kid's school, there's a lot of dog poop. People walk by my kid's school with their dog and the dog poops. Mm. And you know what they did? They made really, really funny signs. They made kids signs. The kids, the kids made signs of dogs pooping. <laughs> Have you ever seen like a, a, a kids can't draw for crap. Right. I mean, they're terrible artists, hey, uh. but you walk by and there's a funny kid drawn picture of a dog taking a poop. Think about that. Now, I would feel really embarrassed if I walk personally. I would feel really embarrassed if I walked by and I saw a picture, a poorly drawn picture of a dog pooping, and said, "Please don't let your dog poop here. We play here." Right. <laughs> now that's still you can still see that as passive aggressive, but it's actually so much more effective and humane. Because first of all, it's showing you how silly it looks for for you as a grown person to let your dog do this. And again, I am very sorry to discuss poop this much. This is even a lot of poop, even for me. Right. But it, it, I think I wonder if that might be a more effective approach. Or, or, or finally, then I'll shut up after this, but, you know, the problem with all of those signs is it's ma mainly going to make people laugh. It's going to make people write sarcastic notes on the sign because you're challenging the entire world with right. your flame sort of justice and how great you are at everything. And in the same way that, like, there's all these rules that get set in an office, like one person just is doing something really crappy, maybe even a semi-powerful person. And so what do you do? You can't go talk to that person who's causing the problems. So you make a rule and then in this really passive aggressive way, tell everybody what the new rule is. And you know what? That person never stops doing that thing. But now everybody else feels bad and goes, hey, why are you yelling at me? If you are somebody who curbs your dog and picks it up like a grown up, you're going to see that sign and go, "Way, why are you yelling at me? I, I, I pick up after my dog. My pile's not in that count. Like, why are you yelling at me? And now you further increase this, this bifurcation between different sides. I think that's what anger does to us. And I think that's, that's what these kinds of uh, public displays do. Well, I have two, two short responses. Mm -hmm. The first one is a great quote from Buddhism, of course, uh, that uh, says, holding on to anger is like uh, grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at somebody. Uh, you are the one who gets burned. So I like that one. And I, I, then I want to tell you about the ducks that there used to be in the neighborhood uh, where I used to live in Florida. There were uh, these two large... Uh, one of them was like a man-made, the other one was natural sort of like, I don't want to say retention pond, but at, at some point before the development that I lived in had been built, it was probably a natural pond or small lake or something. 
and there there were ducks living there and they would go you know they would come out of the one and walk across the main entryway of our neighborhood walk across the one into the other one and of course you know if you have ducks walking the ducks are pretty stupid <laughs> and they don't they don't move fast they don't react fast they don't do anything fast and periodically one of them would get hit by or several in one case several would get hit by a car and some uh, after I remember one day driving out of the neighborhood and seeing one or, or two of them like together dead over by the side. Uh, and a couple of days later, some kids uh, had put up a sign clearly done by kids that had uh, a little, you know, like a note that said like, I think there was a picture of a duck and then uh, the, the note said like slow and underneath the picture of the duck, it said, ducks. <laughs> and a day later, another kid had changed that sign a little bit. <laughs> changed the D a little bit? Yeah. And then the sign was <laughs> taken down. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where people, I think, in today's world, if you think about the way that human beings were for thousands and thousands of years, very small communities, you knew everybody. You knew ev- simply every single person that you came in contact with. You didn't just know their name. You knew intimate details about them and about their life. And you'd probably known them your whole life. That's the way that human beings existed for an extended period of time. That you lived in a small tribe or group or village and everybody knew everybody else, not the way we know them in small towns today. Like, oh, that's rich. He fixes local car, you know. But like you knew these people because you lived next to them or with them. You know, if, if, uh, if, if you, when you were a child growing up, all of the other kids, they were always together. This, the moms were always together taking care of the kids simultaneously all the time. All of the guys spent the time together, whether they were hunting or whatever it was they were doing, always mm-hmm. together. And... That's the way that human beings are set up in our minds. That's how we're, we're wired to be. We're wired to exist in that kind of a world. That doesn't mean we can't change. doesn't mean we can't adapt. It doesn't mean we haven't adapted. But at our heart, deep inside, we were designed to work in that kind of an environment. Small groups of people, limited distractions. We were not meant to multitask in front of a computer. That doesn't mean we can't do it. It doesn't mean we don't like it. It doesn't mean we can't be really, really good at it. But what it does mean, I think, is that it is something that at some point maybe isn't the most natural thing for us to be doing. And I think because of the, the so many distractions that we have uh, and all of the things that we do that we just sort of expect our brains to do, that without being able to... Uh, detangle ourselves from that it it creates a whole heck of a lot of like you were saying before that and this is what where where i'm going with this it creates a lot of that anger and that displaced rage and you don't you don't even know why you're angry and you don't know why it's so important to you that this other person understand what it is that you're trying to convey to them but it, it's it's pretty damn important when it's going on and it, a lot of people, a lot of the time when I've talked to people who are, de- you know, dealing with anger issues, myself included, like, why are you angry? You're like, oh, well, because this person did this thing and that pissed me off. Well, why? 
Well, because they shouldn't do that. Why? Because it's not fair. Well, who's to say what's fair? You know, well, it turns out you're just kind of angry in general. You're angry at the world. You don't know why you're angry. So what are, what are people supposed to do? Besides meditate. <laughs> uh, who has time for meditation anymore? Seriously, it's too much going on. Let alone the New York Times. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, well, this, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I could, I wouldn't know what to do. Um, I, and that's fine for Merlin, but it is fine for Merlin. Um, it could just be angry, <laughs> but, but no, but I mean, uh, I'm just thinking about, I am thinking about what you said. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a way to slightly reframe that. I think what you're describing is being in a community where you can't kind of can't help, but bump into and need each other. Right. And while we all still have that to, to more of an extent than we would even like to admit, we're not really forced to deal with each other anymore. Um, unless you're around John Roderick, you're not really forced to be confronted <laughs> by somebody who, you know, who wants to deal with you. Right. It will not let you pass without having dealt with them. Uh, we really do. We can really kind of skate around. Um, and, and I have to say that, in, that in a lot of contexts, we, we, you could think of phrases like losing your cool. Yes. Right. Losing your cool. Well, cool used to have a specific meaning. It, it really did mean people like Miles Davis <laughs> or, or like whatever Chet Baker or, you know, Robert Mitchum, like cool also cool used to have a sense of distance to it. And I think when you say losing your cool as, as a way of saying losing your temper or getting angry, part of what you're also saying is that you're yes you're losing track of your self-control um but you're also you're also succumbing to a certain kind of desperation when you get angry um and i think you're admitting what we all really should at least be aware of which is that we are there's a lot of distance between us uh you know you could there's a lot of times when i lived in florida to bring back to florida a lot of times where i really just i didn't know my neighbor's last name i've lived next to people for years and not known them at all because it didn't it didn't come up um and I, you know, you can make, you can build this whole like hagiographic MGM idea of like how everybody used to be neighbors and help each other. I'm sure that's existed in some communities all the time. I'm also sure that in some communities that's never existed just because it, you know what I mean? Too, I, I too mean, warlike. I don't, I, I, I well, I, all I know is this, we, we, we all, we all are very tuned in to, to not just like what we think we want and what we know we don't want. But I, I think whether we want to admit it or not, a lot of us also carry around this sense of. I don't know how to, how to put this. It, it is the that's mine for Merlin problem, though. And it's the idea that other people are getting a break that we're not. Mm. And that other people that we have to follow, we have to toe the line on some rule we don't like and somebody else didn't. Um, people that I've worked with and really liked, I, I, there's one person I used to work with. I would not say that this person had OCD precisely. What I would say is that as a cautionary tale was that as organized and as careful as this person was, a lot of the times working with her was completely frustrating because it was clear that she was much more interested on being right mm-hmm. about about the correctness of her position uh. than she was in making something cool. And when you work with somebody like that, they're really just looking for for like little dings in the in the paint of their system and a way to say to stand up and say, "Oh no, well I am doing that right." I don't know if other people are doing that right, but I'm the one who did that right. I, I would sort of like you in the music. No one's ever asked me to turn my music down. Well, working around people like that can be really frustrating because there isn't a lot of give and take. And a lot of those people are secretly harboring a lot of anger, a lot of anger about feeling like the world has, has put upon them. And, and the, the phrase I want to use, and this sounds classist, so I'm reluctant to say it, but the phrase I want to use is a kind of lottery culture. 
um, lottery has become a sort of like ad hoc tax on the poor in a lot of ways. But but I think there's a real lottery mentality to to our country now. Maybe it's, I don't know. You say in Western world in general, but there's a real lottery mentality of all I know is that things have not turned out the way they should have for me. And I see a lot of people who don't deserve it. It's why I watch people who are hoarding stuff on TV. It's why I sit on Twitter and make fun of the Oscars. It's like something that makes me feel a little bit bigger by making somebody else a little bit smaller, even if they didn't see it. And I sit around and I wait for somebody on this perceived other side to screw up. I really want to see this conservative politician say something stupid so that I will feel stronger in my own feeling about that. I want to make sure my guy doesn't say something stupid. And if they do say something stupid, I have this defense for it that I'm going to talk about a lot. Because we're all waiting for, basically, it's like like the Indy 500 of America. We're just waiting for somebody to crash. And then that's going to make us feel better about who we are. And that's where things like revenge come in. And that's where things like anger Mm -hmm. find a voice is in waiting for somebody else to fail in a way that doesn't actually make us succeed. And so maybe that person who puts the sign up is also just sitting there with binoculars and waiting to find the first person they can find who let their dog poop there so they can just go, go off on them. But the poop's just, just inert organic matter. Like, it's there. You're not going to change that. You're not going to change the attitudes of those people. I, I did some work at a company once uh, where the room that I was going to speak in, they had an easel outside with like a foam core thing about like three feet by four feet with all of the ways to improve. And somebody had like said this was inspired by me, which made me cringe. No. But it was entire, <laughs> it, it looked like like two great stones Moses would carry of all the things that we had to do to show each other respect in meetings. And it was just a bunch of rules. And I look at that and I felt the same way I feel when like I do a talk on email and everybody who's great at email comes to the talk and nobody who's terrible at email comes to the talk. You know what I mean? It's, it's people, people who don't care about other people, don't honor rules. Mm -hmm. People who care about other people may honor rules. But as long as we see ourselves as these different kinds of people and seeing ourselves as completely right and other people as being, as not understanding us, like that's where, again, that's where our anger finds a voice. And I think sometimes it makes us feel like a sucker. Like if you are somebody who picked up after your dog and you you see then other people don't, it's kind of like, I know the broken windows thing has been kind of... uh, it's, it's, it's not as Gladwelly as it seems. But still, if there's a broken window there, well, it's okay for this other broken window to be there. If somebody else poops, why should I pick up mine, right? Um, hey, if somebody else isn't going to throw the paper towel away, why should I? And that is truly where you get to the tragedy of the commons. We don't see this as a park that we share anymore. We see this as, <laughs> as this battleground for entitlement. Um, so, I mean, I don't have anything super, uh, super huge and smart to say about this, whether religious or business or whatever, except that, when, you, when you're putting up that sign or when you're thinking about those things, I would really think about what a good outcome looks like. Well, a good outcome would, would be to figure out what you can do to make people want to do the right thing. Um, but also consider whether what you think is the right thing is really empirically the right thing. Because like we said before, everybody has their reasons. Um, but I think one answer is, is, is to the extent possible to try and understand who you're trying to reach. If, you, if you're a salesman and you, you sell shoes and you're not selling a lot of shoes, you don't go yell at people because they don't understand your shoes. You either start selling better shoes or you become a better salesman. Like People, people are going to do what they're going to do, but until you understand their motivation has a role in this beyond your own motivation and your own emotions, I don't think we get anywhere. And, you know, and, and what we can talk about on another show, I think this is where office culture falls apart. I think this is where team culture falls apart. Was when, when we get to the point where we feel like the only way that we have of trying to change something is to start with anger and end with a sign. That's just completely depressing to me. You can be all right. Yeah. I should probably lay down. You want to button this up? Yeah, I guess we we should.
and leave you a sign. Please provide more warning before pod person's reception of end of show. <laughs> <laughs> I have detected sarcasm. <laughs> I have detected silence. Have a good week, Merlin. I love you. Love you too. 